Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you've joined us on today's edition of the Clark Howard Podcast. And our goal is simple. That's to empower you with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. And just a second, I want to talk about an option rolling out to 401k plans that will become a common option probably by 22 or 23, a more rare one this year in 21. And coming up later, in addition to your questions, I'm going to talk about some big changes going on with streaming, video streaming services. Most of the changes have led to higher prices for you. I want to talk about what you can do about that, and some of the latest developments that are affecting your wallet with that. Um, Speaking of wallet and 401k plans, there is something that became enabled by law that is just slowly rolling out that is something that is both exciting and scary at the same time. We have a problem today that Americans overwhelmingly have no access to a pension. Pensions created financial security for a few generations of Americans that had access to them, where you worked at a company, and people used to work at one company for a long, long, long time, and then you got what they call the golden handshake because you had the golden handcuff that became the golden handshake where for the rest of your life you would have this predictable stream of income from a pension and you'd have that plus social security plus whatever money you may have saved over the years and it would lead to a potentially comfortable to very nice retirement well today almost no companies offer pensions The last pensions in large numbers really are with governmental agencies, and they have been cutting back on pensions going to 401k-type alternatives. So that's left a lot of people hitting retirement age without any ability to figure out how to take whatever money they have and make sure they don't outlive it. And the insurance industry has really taken advantage of that and sold people ultra, ultra, ultra high cost and massive commission annuities that have put people's financial security into reverse with the massive fees and massive commissions. So you're going to be shocked by me talking about something that now is going to appear more and more, and that is where your 401k plan will morph in retirement into a form of an annuity, the kind I've actually told you I love, an immediate payout annuity or life annuity that will be um, available to you that will pay you a guaranteed income for as long as you live so you never outlive your money. 
So whatever you've saved in that 401k then becomes the equivalent of your own self-help pension. Now this is early in this game and it's unclear if the insurance industry is going to ruin this or not. And it's going to be up to employers and the administrators they use for 401k plans to offer this 401k option with the conversion into annuitizing your money, meaning guaranteeing you a set amount of money per month for life without ruining it by allowing an ultra-high-cost insurance company to layer fee on top of fee on top of fee with massive commissions thrown in as well. So this is something that is appearing this year. Some people have already seen it in mailers you may or may not have read from your 401k plan, and it will uh, steadily become widely available, I think, within the next year and a half. So the thing is, before you do it, you're going to have to know if they're going to destroy your retirement instead of enhance it with the fees. And I'm hoping that employers and their administrators will take seriously what the purpose of this is, is to help people have lifetime financial security without having their retirement money destroyed by unethical insurance companies. Now, insurance companies, by their nature, are not unethical. Unfortunately, the annuity area has been heavily populated by uh, people who are legalized almost crooks, who rob without a gun, who steal without having to worry about going to prison. And so the insurance industry has been sullied by dirty players, and so you're going to have to be aware and know what the issues are and protect yourself from the slime. It's time for your questions that you've posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And I, before we go into that, I just want to know, Krista and Joel, how many Clark stinks are we going to have from the insurance industry after that? <laughs> There's going to be a few. So clean up your act. <laughs> not, get- not, not you, Krista, not you. <laughs> I do need to clean up my act, though. You're right. So what you starting with? Uh, Alfred in Virginia says, in 2021, I'm exploring using a financial aggregating tool with a bank or investment provider to create snapshots for budgeting, cash flow, and net worth. What are the pros and cons of using financial aggregation tools? Are consumer protections due to any cybersecurity breach better with a bank or an investment provider? So I love this question because these aggregator tools are fantastic for you to see the overall waterfront of how you're doing with your money. What assets you have, what investments, what obligations you have, what debts. Uh, These tools, well thought out and done um, where they thoroughly help you see your financial picture, can really help you get focused to meet your goals. So then the question comes, when you use what used to be known as screen scraper technology, How safe is it for you and who stands behind you in the event of a data breach? There's been a lot of push and pull in the financial industry about this. So what I look towards 
is if you use a financial house, an investment company or a bank, and you're allowing them to have your financial, sometimes referred to as financial dashboard, the question is, what is their guarantee to you if they suffer a hack? Are they standing behind you? Or are they saying, ah, well. Now, there is a more recent technology that I don't know how widespread it is yet, but where financial companies are cooperating with each other, where you give authorization for a broker or a financial house or a bank to be able to have your overall assets but they don't have access to your usernames and passwords. You authorize the release of what's called read-only information to whoever's doing that dashboard so that even if they suffered a hack, the criminals have no access to your accounts. And that's the safest of all. At a minimum, you need a breach guarantee that they stand behind you if their databases are breached. Joel? Clark Daniel in Virginia says, my 19-year-old daughter, a sophomore at Virginia Tech, wants to learn about personal finance and budgeting. Can you suggest a website or a book that can be a good intro for her? I have a big bias towards HumbleDollar.com. HumbleDollar is um, a nonprofit site, I guess is what it is. They don't charge anything for the information. They rely upon donations from people. It is done by the uh, financial expert, Jonathan Clements, who has done a number of things over his life, including being the personal finance columnist for the Wall Street Journal for a number of years. And he, I love what he does. He really wants you to understand. And so they have very thorough guides available on humble dollar they have a lot of commentaries but they also for someone like your daughter at virginia tech it gives her the the opportunity to learn as she wishes in various topic areas just click on guide right on the main screen and then they have guides to finances in about 20 different areas so you go into as little or as much depth in each area, whether it's building a safety net for yourself, saving for retirement, basic investing, how to do borrowing, how stock markets work, all divided out by area. And again, you can do a simple introduction to an area or a full bore kind of thing. Uh, we also have at Clark.com, very basic information on setting up, if you're just trying to figure out how to set up a Roth IRA. We'll walk you through that, tell you the companies that are low cost to do it, my favorite funds for you to do it. If you just want to get it done as easily and quickly and efficiently as you can, that's what I do for you at Clark.com. If you want to get deeper dives and go as deep as you want, Jonathan Clements, HumbleDollar.com is my go-to. Coming up on today's podcast, there are changes to TV streaming services. I want you to know and I want you to protect your wallet because the streaming services keep picking it more and more. One of the things that people click on the most on Clark.com is trying to figure out when they cut the cord 
how to pick the right consumer services, the right streaming services that will work for them. And I notice a lot on our podcast, people are asking questions, just overwhelmed, trying to figure out how to dump satellite or dump the monopoly cable company and go to streaming. And it it has gotten more confusing. So there are people trying to do things to make this more understandable. One that's coming is one called Strum, which is going to allow you the ability to stream things a la carte, where right now you have to buy a package of program services when you sign up for something. You go to like uh, Sling.com, which is uh, Sling, which has been a, a very good streaming service that has orange and blue, and you pay 30 for this, 45 for that. 50 for this other thing, blah, 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 and add on this or that. It gets kind of overwhelming trying to figure out what's the combination that's not going to eat up your wallet. And then YouTube TV went all the way from $35 a month after a series of increases is now $65 a month. And then AT&T being run by, I don't know who runs AT&T. They are like the clown car, that company. They're strategies for pay tv never stop changing they are a mess and at&t um, just discontinued another thing they changed the name of something else and their prices are ridiculously high and so when you're looking at choices i want to tell you something just i saw yesterday i was reading it was like one of those aha moments do you know the most watched Streaming content are nostalgic shows, shows that have that were out forever ago on broadcast TV. Those are the ones that people watch more than anything else. People aren't necessarily watching the new original content from Netflix or from Amazon Prime or from whoever. They're watching things like Friends which I still have never seen an episode of. I don't know when Friends was from. Was it from the 90s or whatever? Anyway. I think so. Uh, they, you know, There are these older shows that are where people go to. So know this. There are lots of ways that you can find the content you love at really, really inexpensive prices. I mean, one of them that you should know about is Pluto. Do I have any Pluto watchers? Krista, Joel, no? Nope. No. Sorry. No? Okay, so Pluto has the craziest setup, and it's free. I mean, this is bizarre. So if you download Pluto, what they do is <laughs> they have a channel guide that's like, this channel plays only this one show continuously 24 hours a day. The next one plays this other show 24 hours a day. That's all it does. And so it's where people are into nostalgia for a particular show. They watch it all the time. When I want to watch um, the SpaceX launches, they have a NASA channel. And it's just on the NASA channel around the clock. And this is free. And there's weather, uh, weather channel stuff. Not the weather channel, but there's like weather stuff. There's um, minor news channels that are on there. All this kind of stuff. You pay nothing. And if you have a Roku, 
most people don't know what the Roku channel is. So a lot of content available for free. Crackle from Sony, free content. Um, Peacock has a free version, a paid version. So if you're not into having the programming from this minute, there's all these streaming things that you pay no monthly fee. They're ad-supported. And by the way, for all the local channels, get an antenna. I mean, it's so great with the antenna. Yes, Krista? I just wanted to add, I recently discovered that I was paying for HBO, and um, I found out that my internet provider, actually, if I sign in with them, that I get it for free as a perk. So there are a lot of different ways to get... So you're talking about the clown car people, the AT&T people. You have your internet from the clown car? I do. Yeah. So if you have AT&T for internet, they've been having trouble getting any subscribers to HBO Max, which is the one you get for free. And that just comes along with it instead of you having to pay 15 15 a month. So... um, Again, that's this week from AT&T. Next week, who knows what it'll be. But I think some of these channels have, you know, if you check with your TV or internet provider, whatever you're using, there there are deals available around. That is true. And and like uh, Peacock, which is owned by the Comcast people, if you get your internet from Xfinity, you get deals on Peacock and you get a particular feed of it for free. So there are all these kind of tie-ins that can kind of make your eyes go cross-eyed. But the thing is, with streaming, don't just take the increases that come along. See if you're really using that program source, what channels matter to you. Are there cheaper ways for you to get it? Um, And uh, Philo is, if you're just into streaming channels that don't involve sports, Philo is a great way for you to do that at a much lower cost per month. So the streaming thing, if you just keep adding $5 here, $8 there, $12 somewhere else, before you know it, you're spending more money than you used to spend for those rip-off cable monster cable packages or the overpriced packages from DirecTV or Dish Network. So you got to be disciplined about this and know that once you've made selections, unfortunately, they're moving targets and you have to be prepared to reevaluate at least once a year. Use your birthday as the time that you give yourself a gift by going through the streaming that you're subscribed to and see if what you're paying still makes sense in your life. And we're all over that on Clark.com, so we constantly put up any new info on that. So, Krista? Joel? I've got a question from Brian in Illinois. He says, I use Cash App to send money between friends. I will occasionally receive payments from people I don't know, which are usually canceled pretty quickly. Is this app secure? I'm concerned that I've given them my bank information. A wonderful question. So um, the problem with both Venmo and Cash App is that they are potentially dangerous platforms. You have to be very, very mindful using them. And we find so many people want us to pay them by Venmo now, settling up with a friend or uh, sending money to a family member, or um, you got to be really careful paying anybody for uh, services rendered. My wife is on a um, on a Facebook exchange where people buy and sell things, 
And where it used to be everybody wanted cash, now overwhelmingly everybody wants Venmo. So what we did was we set up a separate checking account with a small amount of money in it that we use for Venmo so that if we did have a problem because the the stories are horrific with people having their accounts wiped out with Venmo Cash App or um, what's the one, Zelle, the one the banks do. And so if you have an account set up just dedicated for the payment app you're using, the harm to you if money is emptied from it is limited to the amount of money you have in it, where if it's tied into your regular account, you could end up with no money to pay your rent or mortgage or car payment or your regular monthly bills. Joel? Clark, Leah in Georgia says, with so many of us working from home for much of last year, are there tax breaks we should be aware of? Any suggestions on how and what deductions may be available for those of us using our homes as offices too would be helpful? Don't hate me. Don't hate me for this. If you are a W-2 employee, the expenses you've incurred working from home are not going to benefit you. If you're a 1099 person, you're paid uh, as an independent contractor, then you'll love me because those expenses are deductible and you may even be able to take a portion of your home and deduct a cost for it as what's known as the home office deduction. But there's a pretty clear line here that divides that if you are a W-2 employee, it's worthless for you that you're having expenses in your home. And that's why some employers have been giving people who they've told they can't come back into the office, they have to work at home, giving them stipends to cover some of their expenses, like what they're having to pay for uh, beefing up their internet, or if they've had to buy a new computer or whatever, that that would be the right way for an employer to handle it. But the tax code is not your friend on this if you're a W-2 employee. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And if you are interested, just found your way here, you're interested in it, go to clark.com slash podcast. And remember, in order to fatten up that wallet of yours to build a more solid financial future, check out clark.com and clarkdeals.com.